with you soon. Acts chapter 7, starting at verse number 20. The Bible says in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair. He was a good looking baby. I think everybody's baby is pretty to them. Notice I said pretty to them. Some people say they've never seen an ugly baby. I'm not going to say anything. Y'all not going to get me in trouble. He was exceeding fair as a pretty baby. And nourished up in his father's house for three months. And when he was cast out, sent out. Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned, listen to this now, in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And the Bible says he was mighty in words. Some of you know the story of Moses. Remember when the Lord spoke to Moses? Once Moses was a little older now and He's getting ready to send Moses back into Egypt to deliver the people, God's people, the Jews, out of bondage. Remember the words that Moses said, though. He said, Lord, I'm slow of speech. I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I can't speak. The scripture says here that Moses was very educated. He was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians. The Bible says that he was mighty in words and in deeds. People don't ever hesitate. Don't get nervous when the Lord begins to call you to go and speak to someone. When you are easily and mighty in words at home. You're mighty in words with your spouse. You're mighty in words in certain situations but when it comes to the things of God all of a sudden we want to get lockjaw the Bible says that he was mighty in words and, and in deeds and when he was full 40 years old no pun intended there it came into his heart to visit his brethren the children of Israel and seeing one of them suffer wrong he defended them and avenged him that was oppressed and he smoked he killed the Egyptian for he supposed his brother would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver him that's what he was thinking but the Bible says they understood not so I want to preach for a few moments on a simple subject that I'm going to be talking about here for a little while and that is the fire within the fire within Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, O oh God, for everything that we have felt in this house. Lord, this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep. I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. And I pray, Lord, right now that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. If you're ready to receive the word, you may be seated. We'll see who's still standing. All right, everybody's ready. The Lord has laid a subject on my heart, a thought, really, and I just haven't been able to shake it. Um, 
And this thought I want to be talking about for a few weeks here this month in May. And this is something that our day, our world, you and I are dealing with. And that is a word that is not only said, but is actually expressed now in action. And that is anger. We live in a very angry world. We are dealing with a lot of angry situations. We are living in a day that is very sensitive due to the anger that people are carrying. So if we live in a world that is so angry, disgusted, sensitive, how are we to respond in this day? There are many that don't really know how to respond because there's such anger and sensitivity. We don't know what to do. We don't know which direction to go. We're hesitant to say something, even though we feel it may be the right thing, but we don't know if we're going to offend this person or not. I think it's appropriate for the church, the preacher, we need to talk about these things. We cannot, I feel, this is my thoughts here. I feel that it is appropriate to equip people for what they're going to deal with when they leave these four walls. I feel we would do people an injustice if we did not equip men and women that are trying to do the right thing to face a world that is ready to do the wrong thing. So how do we go about this? What do we do? How, how do we stand strong in this day? How do we make the right choices? And what are the right things to do? Because now we have social media. See, when I was coming up, I couldn't hide behind a cell phone. I couldn't hide behind an iPad. I couldn't hide behind a computer. I couldn't voice my opinions and blast to everyone to see to get things off my chest. It was only heard within the four walls of my bedroom. But now when we have things on our heart and on our mind, we, we hear this. Mm -hmm. And we don't proofread it, we just hit send. But is that the right thing to do? Is that the right response? Because we all are going to have to deal with anger the scripture lets us know to be angry, but he says, sin not. So we all have had those angry moments, been in anger, frustration, and anger is caused by a lot of different things. And we're going to dive into some of those things by the help of the Lord this morning. But this is a topic here that I feel very appropriate that we deal with. Why? Uh, be, because we're dealing with racism. We're dealing with equality. We're dealing with governmental mandates. Uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with all type of hurt, past hurt, present hurt. We're dealing with such things in our day right now in this present world that is causing a lot of uncertainty. And this uncertainty is leading to anger. We have frustration in our day. We have people. We have nation rising against nation. And I'm talking about ethnic groups rising against another ethnic group. Amen. So it's important here and now here we are coming to the house of the Lord together as one body, as one church. But yet we walk into a society, to a world that is all divided. 
So how do we cope? How do we get along? And what do we say if we say anything? Because we live in a day now where it's almost better to say nothing than something at all. Because you can have the right word, but if it's said the wrong way at the wrong time, it will not be received. And so it's important here to understand these things and how we can better become what the Lord is wanting out of us in this day. Because this world still needs a voice. This world still needs an example. We still need to know the right thing to do. And I've said it before, I will say it again in this church that we will be the church that sets the example. We will be a church that no matter who you are, where you come from, what color you are, what background you have, rich or poor, mighty or small, we will set the example in this church for the city. Because if the city... If typical New County needs an example, well, why not we be that example? You should be able to come in here and feel the love of God through people. How else can someone feel the love unless it's exhorted through you and I? This is how men are going to know that we are his disciples, that we show love. The Bible says one to another. So you should always feel welcome when you come in a Star City Church. You should always feel love when you come in a Star City Church. You shouldn't be sitting in your seat right now feeling squirmy because you're worried about other people's thoughts and opinions. If you feel squirmy, it should be the Spirit of God that is getting a hold of your heart, causing you to make a decision today to change. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Or even what you did yesterday or last week because the enemy does a good enough job of condemning us. So I don't need my brothers and sisters condemning us. I don't need to come in here and feel condemned by somebody else. Oh no. If anything, you better have a a smile on your face. If you can't smile, get one of those face masks that got a smile on the mask. It's just already there. So you just walk around you. Underneath that mask, you can be just as mad as you want. Go ahead. Be angry. Just where, Matter of fact, we may just get some of those. We may just have them in the back. And when I see people walking around with a bad attitude, I'm saying, here, put this on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. No, 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 no. We, we, we will set the example here. But that takes each one of us. We have to play our part can't just be me but it must be each one of you as well we have to play our part because we must learn what to do and how to do it in here so we know how to operate out there I I don't know if I'm gonna get to anything I I I have here but I, I just feel very strong because we're dealing with such harsh things today that whether you're in the older generation saying, yeah, we've, we've kind of been here, done that. We've kind of seen some of these things before. And, but, but we're still dealing with generations that are younger that have never been a part of this before. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I grew up thinking that I would never see what I see now. I thought that my generation, once we hit the age that I am now, 
that I would not see such separation and division in our day. That's what I thought. When I was a teenager, I was like, we're not going to deal with that stuff. Yeah, maybe my parents, 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 it was a different day. But by the time I get 40, 50, it's not going to happen. Because my generation would come up and we don't think like that. But it's happening. It's happening. You can be called a racist so fast. There, the people will look at certain people and already prejudge them based on what they look like. Based on how you talk. You don't even have to be talking to them. You can be talking to someone else and someone else is already thinking, oh yeah, I, I know them. I know what they're about. These are real things that we're dealing with. And these things are causing anger even in the believer. See, now we're getting frustrated. Now the church is getting upset. Now we're bringing that anger into the church. Now we have things that we're dealing with on the inside of us. And that anger is, ca- is causing bitterness. <laughs> I'm sorry, media team. I know we got a bunch of slides. I don't, I don't know. We'll see if we get to them. But we, it's causing bitterness. Here, put up key point number one. Key point number one says, don't let anger cloud your judgment. Don't let anger cloud your judgment. Yes, I believe that in Jesus' name. So, we can cause an inappropriate decision to happen Because our judgment has been clouded. That's what happened with Moses. Moses was seeing an inhumane act. He was seeing his people, his own people, suffer at the hand of another people. Not because he did something wrong, but because those people were threatened. The Egyptians were threatened by the Jews. They were threatened by God's people. So just in case God's people were going to join together with other nations to fight against the Egyptians, they said, we got to deal wisely with these people. And they put them in bondage. Think about this now because Moses was raised in the palace. He was raised in the good neighborhood. He was raised with certain silver spoon, if you will, in his mouth. He was raised a certain way. He was raised dignified. He was raised in a higher class when everybody else was in a lower class. And now here's Moses at the age of 40. Now the Bible says he chooses to visit his people. So up until this point, Moses has not taken the opportunity to visit his own people. But now he's come of an age where he says, I want to visit my people. No doubt he knows, of course we know, he knows who he is, where he comes from. That yes, he's living in the palace, but he's really not one of them. And now he sees his own people being whipped being hit, being treated wrong, saying, do this, do that at the command. And Moses allowed his anger to respond in a way to where his judgment is now clouded. Because now Moses responds in such anger that he commits murder. 
And I'm telling you that we are living in a day to where we see all these things happen and people are so angry that they're responding in a way that doesn't make sense. See, it's difficult when you have a young girl at the age of seven years old, my daughter, who, who we're around and well, I forget where we were. We were out uh, somewhere and television was on and we see burning buildings and we see all these things happening. And she taps me and says, Dad, why are they burning down these buildings? Why, why are they throwing things? Why are people fighting in the streets? See, that's challenging to a father to look at a seven-year-old child and try to explain the anger that is in our world. It wasn't too long ago, literally, not even a couple weeks ago, where that same seven-year-old daughter, London, who comes into me and says, Hey, Dad, are they still attacking the White House? You see how the mind is? You see how they think? And, and, and I haven't thought any more about that. But yet it's weighing on a seven-year-old saying, Are they still attacking the White House? Why are they so angry? I said, my Lord, look at the world that we're living in right now, where we have people so frustrated, so upset because of all the uncertainty, not knowing what to do. They just react and respond in certain ways they should not be responding in. But church, how are we responding? What are we doing? What is the believer doing? How are we responding? Are we allowing our anger to cloud our judgment? How are we responding when we get frustrated? How are we responding when things are happening in our day, in our neighborhood, or our family? Are we responding the right way? Or are we responding like Moses? Who says, I'll take care of this. I'll avenge this. See, it's important for us to allow ourselves to be obedient to the word. To be angry. I love how God gives us some lead way. He says, you can be angry. You can be upset. Just don't sin. Just don't cross that line. I was in Anderson, Indiana. My wife and I were living there for a moment. And we were driving to church, actually. It was a, I don't know what we were going to church for or what night it was. I don't believe it was a Sunday. It was just a different night. But we were driving to church, my wife and I, my family, and we see this commotion in the middle of the street. And as we are driving, I just happen to look, because you know how we are. We're nosy. And, and so we, we, sometimes we're about to get into accidents, seeing an accident. Just nosy. And so we're looking and we see all these black families, black men, black women. I mean, it's maybe 30 people, if not more. And we're like, man, what happened? And then I see one white couple standing in the middle, a husband and wife, just right there in the middle. I said, oh, Lord, what is going on? So I slow down. And I noticed the couple because they attend the church that is in that same city. We fellowshiped with those people. I knew these people. And I looked at my wife. My wife says, you need to stop. I said, I know I do. <laughs> He's never seen his righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I mean, they got to be okay, right? We, we can just keep driving, right? That's not what's coming out of my mouth, but in my head. I mean, so we do a U-turn. We come back around. We park. 
I get out my car, told my family to wait in a car, and I just run right, right into that crowd. I run right into the middle. These people have items in their hand ready to attack this poor man and young lady because the young lady who was driving hit a little small black girl with her car. And this little girl who's maybe eight or nine years old is laying out in the street, not moving. And these folks are mad. They're angry. And here I come. Lord, be with me right now. I run in the middle of them. I say, whoa, 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 wait. Just wait right now. Just wait. Hold on. I said, I know these people. Now, that's something you put yourself on a line when you're surrounded by anger. I said, wait, I know these people. I said, she could not have done this on purpose. This had to be an accident. I said, this family has children themselves. I began to put my hand up to these angry people saying, wait, just hold on right now. We don't need to respond this way. Let's make sure everything's okay. I said, bring me that baby. Bring that baby to me right now. Bring her to me. They picked that baby up. I held that baby in, her, in my arms. And I said, we need to pray right now. We don't need to attack anybody. I said, God can touch this baby. Now, I told that family who I knew, I said, you need to just get back just a little bit more. Just stand back. Let me handle this. I said, if you believe in prayer, let's pray. And don't you believe it was two gentlemen standing right to my left stood up and said, I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. And those two gentlemen walked over to me and began to lay their hands on that baby as well. And then I said, you ought to put down what you are, every brick, every stick, every soda can, put it down. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and ask God to touch this situation. See, by the time I got done praying, the Lord sent help ambulance showed up cops showed up and i thank the lord because the first cop that showed up knew my name see that's god that's not by accident as soon as he got out the car he said eddie robinson what are you doing here i said brother get off you didn't come over here quick enough <laughs> what am i doing here you need to come on in here he knew my name that's god to help me because my heart is racing right now. Because even though I was standing up for justice, these people didn't care about justice at that particular moment. But see, even in a time of crisis, my people, we must turn to prayer. We must look to Jesus. We must look to the one who's the author and the finisher of our faith. We cannot allow our anger to turn into rage. And when we allow our anger to turn into rage, we act irrational. And we do irrational things. But when we can turn to Jesus, when we can look to him, when we can throw up our hands and say, Lord, in my anger, I still want to trust you. Lord, in my anger, I still want to believe in you. Lord, in my wrath, I want to respond right now with my flesh. But I know my spirit needs to take over. Now, that's a hard thing to do. Some ought to say amen to that. Because Moses had a knee-jerk reaction. And we can have knee-jerk reactions. 
That's what we see in our day. We see so much anger, so much hate that people are just responding. I'm not here to tell you or preach to you what you should or should not believe. But I am here to tell you that you must believe in Jesus Christ. And that you must trust in him. Because if we think this day is going to get better, you've got another thing coming. The only way for our world to improve is if our world turns to Jesus Christ. The answers are right here. The answer is in the word of the Lord. The answer is in Jesus Christ. And if our world continues to turn away from him, they will depend on their own judgment. And I'm sorry, I can speak for myself. My own judgment is not the best judgment always. I want you to understand something. That we have all, in our own ways, experienced from our past, present, hurts, frustration, and injustice. If our past hurts, frustrations, and anger has not been dealt with, then our present day and future will continue to be affected. It will affect parents and children relationships. It will affect spouse relationships. It will affect law enforcement relationships. It will affect people that are in power and authority, those relationships. Because when we have dealt with things in our past, And if, excuse me, if we've had things happen in our past and we do not deal with them, it will affect our present and our future. Because you will look at law enforcement the same way all the time. All because you've had bad experiences from those ones that cause trouble in your life. So now it affects your judgment and your thought process with current law enforcement. If you've had issues in the past with certain people in authority and they've done you wrong, treated you dirty, if you haven't dealt with that, then it will affect your present and your future. If you've had a relationship at home where mother or father maybe was not there or they did you wrong or did you dirty and you don't appreciate the love or lack of love that they had for you, if you don't deal with that, it will affect your present and your future. Because some of us have anger built up in us because of relationships that we've had in our past. Father that was wrong, that was dirty, maybe wasn't present, never really reached out, married another woman, went off with another family, and now they don't don't reach out to you anymore. Different physical and mental abuse, all these things take place, and it builds up anger. And if we don't deal with that anger, it will affect our present and our future. And now all of a sudden your children and your children's children are dealing with things that you should have dealt with a long time ago. But the only way to deal with these things is through the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, everything we need is in Jesus Christ. So then therefore we try to fill the void with other things. We try to fill the void. And now, since we didn't receive that love from a mother, from a father, we go fill that void. And now we have teenagers and babies having babies. And then we try to fill that void with drugs and alcohol and all types of things of this world. And people that didn't have fathers in their life, they're more likely to join gangs and different things of that nature. The streets will raise them instead of a mother and father raising them in their home. But yet that builds anger. Oh, which I'm telling you, I'm going to talk straight this month. I'm not going to beat around a bush this month. 
We've got to talk about things that are happening in our world and in our lives because it's causing anger. And if the church, if a believer doesn't know how to deal with anger, it will cause resentment and bitterness. And if you allow resentment and bitterness to settle in you, I'm telling you, the enemy will feed off of that. And it will cause you to do things that you wish you never would have done. It will cause you to be somewhere that you thought, how in the world did I get here? It's because we never handled the anger. I feel God's spirit in here. It's because we never dealt with the situation. We never fell on our face. We never fell, fall, uh, fell on our knees and asked the Lord, help me. Because I'm trying to figure this out on my own. I'm trying to figure this out the only way I know how, but the best way you can do it is through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ. Church, we will not be a divided church. We will be a united church. We will pray together. We will lift one another up. We'll encourage one another. When one person is down, when a family's down, we have to rally around that family. Rally around that individual. Because we are in a day now to where we cannot go a week and ignore what we're dealing with. Can't. We can't do it. We have to care enough to extend out to someone else. And that takes each one of us. It takes each one of us to do that. When Moses sees injustice he thinks, I'll take care of this. I'll have justice my way. And I want you to notice something here. That because he chose to do it his way, the Bible says, let me tell the story. After he kills the man, he hides him in the sand. Oh, that's good. Not what he did. But it's good for us to understand because when we respond our way and we notice we did the wrong thing, we try to hide it in the sand, hoping no one will find out about what we did. But once it was known and Moses found out that Pharaoh knew what he did, the Bible says he ran. And see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to cause so much hatred, so much bitterness, so much uncertainty in your spirit. To cause you to respond in a way that you run. Because the further away that you can run from this house, the further away you can run from Jesus Christ, you will find yourself like Moses in the backside of the desert. In a place where you're thinking, how in the world did I get here? He went from the palace to the desert. He went from having everything he wanted to now scraping up things that he needed just to survive. Has anybody ever been there? You don't have to lift your hand, but you got to be honest with yourself uh, that one day you're here and all of a sudden something happens in your life and you respond in a way that you should not have responded. And now you were once in the palace place, but now you find yourself in a desert place. I've come to preach to those that are in the desert place. Because now Moses, because of this act, he has set himself back 40 years. Because it took another 40 years 
for God to come back to him and say, okay, now you're ready to be used. Now I can use you. Now I can send you back to do what you were ordained and purposed to do. See, we cannot afford 40 years because of mistake out of anger. And there's been some things that we've done out of anger that has set us back some years. We responded the wrong way instead of trusting in Jesus. It's hard. I know what I'm preaching is not easy to do. It's hard. But it's truth. And we must face it. We must deal with it and say, Lord, this month, starting today, I'm going to handle myself a different way than what I've ever handled things in the past. Because if you keep trying to hide things in the sand, it will eventually come to surface. Oh, yes, because you can only dig so deep in that sand. But when the rain comes, when the storm comes, things are going to rise to the surface showing your true self. And when things rise to the surface, I need my true self to reflect Jesus Christ. Because we can't allow our past to control our future. You cannot. The things that are happening in your past, it's in the past. You cannot change it. You cannot go back. I don't care how many times you watch the movie Back to, to the Future. It cannot happen. In, it cannot happen. You cannot go to the past. You must be able to say, today, I'm moving forward. Today, I'm making a change. Today, I'm turning it over to Jesus. Today, because I know that each one of us have something in our heart that we're dealing with. And it's causing us to be very frustrated. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that we should never be a prisoner of our past. It was just a lesson, not a life sentence. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Unresolved anger can cause physical, emotional, and spiritual problems. Some of the physical problems that can be caused due to unresolved anger are blurred vision, headaches, heart disease, Overeating, stomach disorders. Some of the emotional things that can take place is anxiety, bitterness, depression, insecurity, and even worry. And then on to the spiritual problems. It can cause a loss of confidence where you don't know who you are. A loss of energy. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be around God's people. I don't want to pick up that phone call. I don't want to talk to the pastor. A loss of faith. You don't trust in the Lord anymore. You used to believe, but now I just don't believe anymore. I'm just not sure if God can do it for me. Loss of freedom. You come to church, but you can't lift your hands. You come, but you can't shout hallelujah. You don't feel liberty in your spirit. Why? Because you have resentment. You've got bitterness. You're angry. You're upset. And you point the finger at God and say, why have you done this? I still come. I still sit. But I'm frustrated because of what's happening in my family. I'm mad because of what's happening with my husband and my wife and my children. 
I'm upset because what is taking place in my life. I'm here because I know I should be here. I know where my help comes from, but you have no freedom. And that leads to loss of sensitivity because if you allow yourself to sit for so long and lose that spirit of freedom, then you will lose sensitivity to, to the point to where now you begin to question God. Is he real? Is he really real? Is he out there? Does he love me? Does he care about me? And see, if the enemy can get you to start questioning whether he loves you or cares about you, it's easily a slippery slope that you can find yourself into that says there is no God. I don't believe there is a God. I haven't felt him in years. And then the last thing is you lose your purpose. Now you feel like you have no purpose. Now you feel like, what am I here for? What am I doing in this world? What am I doing on this earth? Why? All because we have unresolved anger. Unresolved anger. So we cannot allow ourselves to go week after week, month after month, even year after year with anger that we should be dealing with. Because it will continue to build And the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I'm telling you, if we just stick to the word, if we just stick to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus has come, that we might have life and that we may have it more abundantly. Abundantly, I'm telling you that there is abundant life available through Jesus Christ. You don't have to leave here with the same anger. You don't have to leave here with bitterness. You don't have to leave here with uncertainty. You do not have to leave here the same way. But God can get a hold of your heart today. Somebody say, touch my heart, Lord. He can get a hold of your heart today to release the anger, to release the bitterness that we've been hanging on to for far too long. And I'm telling you, if you have found yourself in a place that you have been bitter or angry and you don't haven't known what to do, what direction to go, well, this preacher's come here today to tell you, you can run to Jesus. You can trust in him. Because I want to tell somebody, he has not left you, he has not forgotten you. No, he's right here with you. He still loves you. He still cares about you. So don't allow a spirit of anger to settle in your heart. I know I'm talking to young, middle-aged, and old in here. Because all of us, I feel it strong, are dealing with some sense of resentment and anger. Uncertainty that is developing more and more to where we're frustrated at the things that have happened in our life. But we cannot allow ourselves to have our judgment clouded because of the anger. So how does the church respond? We respond on our knees. How does the church respond? We respond in worship. How does the church respond? We respond in praise. How does the church respond? We respond humbling ourselves before the Lord. We do not allow ourselves to respond like Moses responded. Moses responded the wrong way, not just at the wrong time, but any time. All because he's seen injustice. Yes, injustice is wrong. We should stand up for injustice. 
we should speak out for injustice. We should stand for the right things, believe in the right things, but that doesn't mean we respond in a way that's going to cause us to hide something in the sand and then when it's revealed to take off running. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you right now. Help us, oh God, right now. We've got to deal with the fire within us. Help us, oh Lord God, to be a people that is ready to do the right thing. Help us, oh Lord, right now to respond the right way. God, in the name of Jesus, we're dealing with so much things in this world, so much chaos, but how are we responding? What are we doing? I want to tell this church that we must be careful what we are saying and how we are responding on social media. We, we, we just don't air out everything to the public hoping to get some likes and hearts and a few comments that agree with you. It's not worth it. It's not worth me airing out something that I feel strong about that I've seen or read and I'm frustrated, I'm angry about it. And then I go posting it for all those in this area, in this county to see, I, I think that's that pastor right there. I think that's him. Yeah, I believe he belongs to that Star City Church and yeah, that's what he says. So we know how he feels. Just threw up a wall immediately and I'm sorry but those of you that belong to Star City Church it's the exact same thing oh yeah they, I think they belong to that one church it's over there across the street from that fire station yeah that, that's how they feel notice I said they because if one person says something then it becomes a stereotype for the entire people oh that bothers me I, I, I hate when people try to put me in a box and categorize me based on someone, someone else's thoughts and opinions because they see my age they see the color of my skin they assume that's how you think and how you feel and they want to put me over here with these people I say oh no uh -uh. if you're not standing with Jesus Christ in this word don't put me anywhere this is who I stand for this is what I believe in so don't don't try to put me in a box with anybody don't try to make me join an organization I'm not about that the only thing I have an alliance to is Jesus Christ that's where my alliance is. It's with Jesus Christ and the word of God. That bothers me. But see, when we do things like that, they say, oh, that's how they are. That's how they think. So church, be careful. Be careful. On Monday, you, you, you shouting hallelujah, talking about, whoa, we had church. On Tuesday, you're saying, I love everybody. I'm praying for our world. I'm praying for this day. On Wednesday, you're saying, oh, man, we just love God and we love people. And then on Thursday, you're just blasting something about law enforcement. On Thursday, you're blasting something that's going to cause a racial divide about something about our government that maybe you don't agree with. Wait a minute. You, 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 what are you saying? You better be careful. I'm just telling you. I'm not telling you what to post. I'm saying be careful. Be careful. 
because that's the day we're living in where so many people they're looking for division looking for something to just attack there are groups out there searching the internet and searching searching social media just to jump on it and attack it why? because they're angry and we cannot allow our anger or our judgment to be clouded because of our anger and if you're dealing with things today in this church where you have resentment you have anger you have frustration I want everyone in here to be honest with themselves right now because you cannot go another day without dealing with this anger there's a fire within each one of us and we need to replace it that anger fire, that wrath fire, that resentment fire with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let's stand to our feet right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah.